0: This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network.
1: And welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I am Joe Lipset, and I am joined, as always, by Jen Adams. Hello. As well as Gina Radcliffe.
0: Hello. Joe, are you sure that we are who we say we are?
2: <laughs> I mean, I could be a completely generated AI voice. And, uh, I know. And you, you would oh not know.
1: Goodness. This whole
0: time.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what you two are talking about because I've been on a beach in Thailand for the last <laughs> month.
2: <laughs> just just oh, taking we, pictures of yourself looking pretty but lonely.
1: I'm Aww. so sad. <laughs> yeah, folks, we are talking about Influencer co-written and directed by curtis david Harder, and his co-writer is Tesh goody and gina this was your pick so why don't you start us off with some first impressions
2: well my first impression was i'm not gonna like this
1: <laughs> <laughs> because
2: i had been i had been assigned to review it okay and i kind of just did a quick I'd, I'd not heard of it mm-hmm. so i did a quick skim of you know Promotional material about it, and yeah, I was reading up on you know the information from the screener, and they kept stressing that it is a YA movie, what? like like for like young for like very much episodic. this for it's for younger audiences. The younger only the kids are gonna get what's going on here, and I'm just like eh, but oh. here we go. <laughs> hmm. But you know, I I went into it like well, you know, it's 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 a it's a tight ninety minutes. It shouldn't hurt, it shouldn't hurt too much. <laughs> and, and I, you know what, I found myself absolutely taken in by it. I, I thought it was such a clever story mm-hmm. and yeah, a little, a little implausible in places, but what horror movie isn't anymore, you know what I mean? But, but, and mostly I was just really, really impressed by this actress playing the lead character. Um hmm
1: You're talking about CW, played by Cassandra Nod? Yeah,
2: I just, you know, she was just really, a really fascinating actor to watch in this.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I knew that this film was coming up because Trace and I have been doing most anticipated videos on YouTube for upcoming horror films. And I watched the trailer, and this was so far off my radar, because kind of like you, Gina, I watched this thing and just thought... This looks like hot garbage, like just <laughs> super generic, like very yeah. pretty, but the trailer did nothing to sell me on this. I thought I knew exactly what the story was going to be, and I didn't need to watch it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's talking about how it's a twisty little sexy thriller. And I thought, oh, so we've got a good movie that they just absolutely dropped a ball in the marketing.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The marketing, it does it absolutely no favors.
0: Yeah, this does not scream YA to me. And There's if we're nothing about-
1: YA about this movie. I, I, guess I, I guess they mean
2: in terms of, I guess they mean in terms of, of the concept of influencer culture, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty universal now. I mean, there's people, like, you know, I'm old as shit and there are people who are influencers <laughs> of my age. It's, Same, it's yeah. Not, it's not something just for the kids anymore.
1: Well, and there's a character in the movie, played by Sarah Koenig from The Vampire Diaries, who is very clearly a kind of like middle-aged white lady who's also an influencer. So influencers aren't just kids. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and I got the sense this was like, maybe it's just because this is my frame of reference, but this feels like an Instagram movie, not a TikTok movie, you know? Right, exactly,
2: exactly. Mm But most of this is Instagram-based, and Instagram has no age limit anymore. I mean, there's literally senior citizens on Instagram (laughs) with like massive followings.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I watch my TikTok videos on Instagram, and I didn't even realize they were coming from TikTok. That's how <laughs> out of touch I am.
2: So it just you know it, it just seems it just seems odd that they are you know automatically alienating a a you know potentially large number of viewers by essentially saying Yeah, this movie's not for you this one's for the young folks
1: yeah, yeah. it's too old or you're too old and it's too young right. So, Jen, what did you think? Had you heard of this before Gina suggested it?
0: No, I got an email from some PR person, a very nice PR person, and that was the first time I heard it. And I watched the trailer and I was like, all right, I'll check it out because I, you know, just (laughs) cannot say no when anybody emails me about that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And, And it doesn't really feel it's not that it feels old, but it just feels kind of ageless. You know, it feel, it, it feels like in the same vein as a lot of the eighties erotic thrillers that we've been talking Mm. about. Yeah. It's Mm. basically just single white female,
2: but with a modern twist on it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Which I find very interesting. And I, I, there's a lot of concepts in here that I'm excited to kind of unpack a little bit. And I also think the performances are really great. Like even Ryan, I really enjoyed him. He feel, he starts out as kind of a scumbag and then he mm-hmm. kind of meanders back and forth across that line. And I there wasn't anybody in here that actively annoyed me and which for a social media <laughs> inspired movie I think says a lot. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I was very surprised.
1: Well, I think that's one of the reasons that the film is so successful for me is that Not only is the narrative filled with kind of fun novel twists, so, you know, about every 30 minutes, the movie kind of resets and Mm -hmm. either follows a new character or offers up a new detail that reframes what we've seen before, but you're right, Jen, I mean these characters seem shallow at first glance and then the more we get to know them the more kind of layers they reveal or the more they change when we shift to another character's perspective and i thought that that was really clever because at first glance this could be all surface but instead Mm -hmm. the movie takes the time and effort to make these characters rich and interesting
2: hmm well that's what makes the not to jump ahead to the ending and obviously i'm not going to spoil it for anybody but
1: eh, you could spoil it people <laughs> should know
2: <laughs> it, it really it, it really subverts everything that we think we know about another character that mm-hmm. you know you know, oh, you know she's just gonna you know with her way and die out there and not have you know, any idea how to how to take care of herself and she's still alive she's mm-hmm. still alive and like not like with you know, dying on the beach or anything she's like She's done something to keep herself alive for the, you know, just couple of weeks she's been stranded <laughs> on this island. It's cannibalism, oh, sure.
0: I think. <laughs> no, we see that she's been <laughs> <I'm> fishing. <kidding. laughs> yeah.
2: And, you know, it's like, okay, and then it makes you, know, it leads, it, you know, it begs the question... Did she teach herself or had she already known, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. people just assumed that she wouldn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a a pretty simple storyline. It does leave you thinking about the assumptions you make about the people who your entire exposure to them is what you know about them online.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think on the other hand, like this Jessica character. You see she looks just like Madison and I assumed that she was going to be just kind of see and kind of like, I don't know, just kind of floating along. But I think she is one of the first to really suss out CW and she really surprised me by just kind of being more with it than I was expecting
1: and so fast right mm-hmm. like we we very clearly see that CW is a grifter from you know the 30 minute mark right like mm-hmm. after we abandon Madison on this island and we come back and we see that CW is now living in this palatial Airbnb mansion that <laughs> Madison was renting you know we, we see her kind of trophy wall of images of girls that she's effectively killed by stranding them out there and then she sets eyes on this Jessica character and literally from their first interaction Jessica just kind of looks at her and says no thank you Uh I don't need you
0: (laughs) I know I love it yeah and side note I love a good 30 minute in title card also oh
1: I love (laughs) it 26 minutes
2: God God bless Mandy for making that a thing in horror movies (laughs) because it's so it's so good I love Mm. it
1: Okay, so this is a very female-fronted film. You know, Jen, you mentioned that we do have Ryan, who is Madison's boyfriend, who eventually comes looking for her and really does throw a wrench into CW's plans. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that this is kind of a quintessential white lady in Crisis film. Uh
0: Uh-huh, I think so.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing we don't have is is CW does not have... A, she's very calm and and very precise about everything which which I think makes her such an interesting character I mean mm-hmm. yes yeah, she does violently lash out mm-hmm. but she doesn't have a big like screaming scene or anything like that. she really pulls right. it together pretty well
0: and what I love about her character is that unless I'm missing something we never find out exactly what her motive is nope. and mm-hmm. i would i think in the eighties it would be she's crazy, some variation of that in quotation marks, or she's a lady, so obviously she wants to kill all other ladies, or, like, she wants people to like her. And I think, like, Ryan even tries to get that from her, but it's really just, this is how she survives. She's a grifter, and I think that casting someone who looks like Cassandra Nod with this really visible birthmark, it mm-hmm. would have been really easy for them to make it about her self-confidence right. and her wanting to take down other women. And I love that they don't go there. Like, she's just, this is how she survives, you know? Well, the, the birthmark
2: thing I I found very interesting because yeah. I, I, I will admit – when I saw promotional photos, and this is one of those movies where they only have, like, one promotional
0: photo. I know.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It's the two of them on the boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering,
2: like, is that, what is that on her face? Is that a shadow? Like, it didn't even occur to me. Because, you know, let's face it, you never see an yeah. actor with that large. I mean, it's not unattractive. It's rather striking. But yeah. you, you, you don't see that. I mean, that's one of those things they tell you, go get that, taken off off. Um,
1: well, I thought it was a prosthetic. I thought it was fake.
2: Oh,
0: for the film?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, and I was wondering, you know, what is that? And I was like, oh, okay, it's a birthmark. And I think it's, you know, she has taken something that other people would believe to be disfiguring mm-hmm. and turns it into a, I could use this as an mm-hmm. excuse for why I don't like having my picture taken.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I love the reveal when Ryan is really going through frame by frame of that video mm-hmm. and the way they use the birthmark. In that just instant to show. Like it's such a great reveal and it's just a perfect use of that.
1: Yeah. I, I wish I had spent a little bit more time doing some research on this to uncover whether Curtis David Harder specifically cast cassandra node because she really does have the birthmark or if when he cast her he realized we can use this to help advance parts of the plot but i do i'm really really appreciative of the fact that it doesn't come out that yeah she envies madison and jessica's lies because she herself is disfigured like she's not a horrible monster she's a woman who kills other women because she is a grifter mm-hmm. and her birthmark has nothing to do with anything
2: Right? It's just, it's just something that she can lean back on as to why there's not a lot of photographs available of exactly
1: her. i'm yeah. not interested in social media but mm-hmm. also it's super convenient so i can keep killing people right <laughs>
2: like like yeah i one angle i really loved about it is how when she kind of just casually mentions to madison that she does she has no social media footprint like there's mm-hmm. nothing she madison she, she's she's surprised at first but then she realized she's she's kind of envious of it like, oh, like, you know, basically, you know, CW gets to just travel the world, living for herself,
1: Mm-hmm. actually living in the moment, doing all the things that Madison is bullshitting about throughout her her voiceover, not
2: not having to choreograph everything for you know this like unseen audience mm-hmm. who, who doesn't even who doesn't even realize it when a completely different person is posting as her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part. That that, that part is a so cynical, but realistic at the same time. That yeah. this this audience, you're you know, kind of bending yourself over backwards to you know, entertain and share your life with, as artificial as that life may be in a lot of aspects. They they can't even tell the, the difference between when it's you and when it's an entirely different person.
0: And that's what I love. Another great use of this birthmark is like, she just completely dismisses the idea that this woman who looks nothing like her, who has the equivalent of a tattoo on her face could take mm-hmm. her place and that nobody would notice. And, and she right. does. And it just shows how empty it is. Just a wig and some Photoshop. And uh-huh.
1: some
0: <Yeah>. And a hat, too.
1: <laughs> I love a good montage, and that is an excellent example where it's like, give me a little bit of music, give me some editing, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I will believe that this girl who we have previously not seen use a computer is just absolutely <laughs> stealing people's identities and profiting off of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are, certainly, there are certain things you have to just kind of let go, like yeah. like uh, like this one scene where, where Ryan takes a call from who he thinks is Madison, but it's CW basically, again, generating via AI Madison's voice, breaking up with him. Like, she's typing out the conversation mm-hmm. and the, 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 the this program that she's using,
1: which, God forbid, I hope this thing isn't
2: real because that's horrifying.
1: It's just the scream voice modulator.
2: <laughs> it's just, like, speaking to, to Ryan in Madison's
0: voice. Mm-hmm. And, and he just, like, he thinks it's her. Yep. Meanwhile, we have Ellen in the final episode of Fatal Attraction, like janking together this. Oh I God. am your teacher and I love you. <laughs>
1: it's such
0: How a disconnect How dare you remind me that we
1: ever spent time on that show? Oh, I have repressed boy. it. <laughs>
2: Thank so God much that time. Like, the, we seem to be the, the final and only word on that show because I, just, <laughs> I see nobody else talk
1: about it anywhere. No. Our fucking public service to the world was covering 10 <laughs> episodes of that garbage.
0: Yes, you're welcome, cruel world. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, Sorry, it was eight episodes, but whatever. (laughs) Did it feel like 10? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm curious. How do you think that this movie Influencer uses the kind of foreign locale of Thailand? Like, I was also a little concerned that we were going to say, well, you know, it's very dangerous for women Mm -hmm. to be traveling to a foreign country where you maybe don't speak the language. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really not the case.
0: No, No. it's really not. C.W. is the threat, you know, and it is dangerous, but because of her, not because of, like...
2: Right. I mean, this whole, she's got a whole, like, shtick where, you know, she befriends these women traveling alone with the, you with the idea, well, I, you know, I'm sort of an expert... Um, you know, backpacking around Thailand, you know, I'll show you all the, you know, all the you know, off grid places you can go. And then, oh, no, your passport got stolen. I guess you're gonna <laughs> have to stay a little longer. And, mm. you know, it, that's just, you know, it's just a thing that she does over and over again.
0: I was a little concerned, I think, in the early parts of the film that it was going to get like kind of appropriative or like and i feel like there's it's not really commenting on influencers like using these foreign locations Mm. for profit i feel like there's a little bit of that it's a little bit yeah yeah well you know she's in thailand which
2: is you know a beautiful country with a rich cultural history and Mm. she's you know
0: getting a massage yeah she's paying her respects to the big Buddha she's right at the she's, pool.
1: <laughs>
2: she's mostly just hang she's mostly just hanging out at this you know this this house she's renting she's not really she could do that anywhere she's not mm-hmm. really getting engaging herself with Thailand as an individual country with its own culture and own you know things to you know, things yeah. to do in history, yeah,
0: yeah it's not like the perfection, you know.
1: I mean, it's a little bit like the perfection because I think it's it's notable that the way CW ends up getting Madison on her side. A, I love the fact that we're neutralizing a kind of male threat with this like drunken Mm -hmm. UK import at the bar. And it's like, oh, okay, you're safe with other women, except other women are not always safe. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why did we default to thinking, okay, we can trust another woman? But then, you know, the way C.W. gets Madison to come around is she takes her on this more authentic tour where they go and they have street food and they're riding around on a motorcycle and that kind of stuff. Like, I kind of like that in this moment, you could almost imagine the film going in a different generic direction. And it's like these two either falling in love Mm -hmm. or just having like a great backpacking kind of gap year (laughs) thing (laughs) But no, then we go into murder and thriller territory.
0: <laughs> I do really enjoy; like it is gorgeous. Then there's like a house porn element to this oh movie. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: the so extreme funny. like long shots, which were clearly done by a drone. I was just mm. like, I want to go there.
2: I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how much would it go? Did it go to Thailand?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Can we work remotely,
2: ladies? (laughs) What they they need is more white people traveling
1: around. That's
0: exactly what they need, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what did we think of some of the reveals as the movie goes through? Like, what were you thinking in the first 30 minutes versus at the hour mark when we've shifted from Madison's perspective to CW's?
0: I was fascinated watching CW Hunt, you know? Like, I really enjoyed just kind of watching her dissect these, uh, these influencers because she knows this formula so well. And as much as we were just saying, like, they are full human beings and there's mm-hmm. more to them than just their social media presence. I think she is dissecting less the actual people. And more the influencer prototype, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's how she's able to get in. And I think what we find her downfall is, is that she may have come across the prototype before, but these women are just a little bit more...
1: They're all distinct, right? Like exactly. you shouldn't just because they're presenting in the same way and they're using the same kind of vacant diatribes on their posts doesn't mean that they're actually all the same. They're all unique individuals,
0: right? Because they're using that because the prototype is what works and the prototype right. is what sells. I was going right. to
2: say they, you know, they, there's a reason why they all seem like they're they're you know working from a script because they they are because they are mm-hmm. yeah because because that's the kind of thing that you know, people who follow influencers like to hear. They like to hear these sort of pat, empty platitudes about living your best life and those sort Mm of vague philosophical, you know faux-Buddhism sort of, uh,
0: you know... Breakfast is the most important yeah. meal of the day. <laughs> exactly.
2: But what you were saying about, like, setting up characters and all, I, I, I like that they tease that there's more going on to Madison than, as a saying goes, being more than a pretty face. Right. Where CW takes her to this island, she tells her right away, you're not going to get a cell phone signal here. And you expect her to be all frustrated and and complaining and, and, you know, trying desperately to to get a signal. She does it. She loves it. She's Mm -hmm. like, she's relieved to, you know, have an excuse as to why she can't post anything. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, CW finds a journal she's keeping and she says right in the journal, you know, this is great. I love this. (laughs) And I think she fully expected her to, you know, be you whining about it.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I mean I think in part it's also foreshadowing what we'll learn about Madison when we start to follow Ryan a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I was really appreciative that we get to see the flashback to the moment where he takes her kind of first big social media breakout picture of her holding the teddy bear and we see that in a way he's as much of a con artist and a grifter as CW is right because mm-hmm. we'll hear him use the line on Madison like oh I could really help you I could manage you I could make you really big and famous and he says the same thing to CW about her birthmark oh it's really striking you know you could be something online if you wanted to be and I don't think Ryan's necessarily a malicious character, but he is a little bit predatory. Uh-huh. And we clearly see in this flashback that Madison was kind of just a simple, pretty girl, but she had other interests. This wasn't her vocation. She didn't want to become an influencer. She kind of fell into it. She was good at it. But you can tell at the beginning of the film, we just think, oh, she's a bit of a jilted girl. Her boyfriend left her and now she's here by herself. But there is more to her because this isn't actually the life she wants. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. Yeah. Ryan is very much. He talks like a pimp would talk.
1: He kind of does.
2: (laughs) You know, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, most people aren't influencers by themselves. Oh,
1: they have a team.
2: Yeah. The bigger ones have teams. They have stylists. And a lot of times they're just they are doing, you know, what they are told to by Mm -hmm. the advertisers that send them money.
1: Hold mm-hmm. this cream. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, no one's no one's doing this for free. No oh, one's no. doing this by
1: themselves. Right. Exactly. And a lot of it is fake.
0: <laughs> a- oh, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. hmm Yeah, and one thing that I think is really interesting about this movie is that I think it compares the art of influencing or the, like, the identity as an influencer with a predator. Because I do mm-hmm. think that there is a big difference between Madison and CW, but everyone in this movie is building a life based on a facade and based on right, creating right. a reality that doesn't exist and i mean we could say cw is the only one killing people but
1: she's the most authentic of the four main characters
0: exactly she is and you know we've got a lot of research that says that instagram has some very harmful effects and oh sure. I think, you know, it's not a far cry to say that what Jessica and Madison are doing is also dangerous in a way. It's just not presented that way. And I don't think they are malicious in what they are doing. But it's just, I think it's a really interesting comparison between what all four of these characters are doing and the way they're making their money off of appearance versus reality. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious, have the two of you seen Sissy or other sort of influencer horror?
0: I have. You told me to watch Sissy and I'm so grateful because it was one of my favorite movies of the last year. I, I have I have not.
1: Okay. Yeah. I would say it's not quite as successful as this film because mm-hmm. it does end up kind of falling into its own trap where it becomes a bit too much of a conventional horror film and it loses some of the influencer critique. But I would argue it's coming down quite a bit more harshly on mm-hmm. influencer culture.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that when it's a little more, I feel like tongue in cheek or a little right. more like blatantly hard, which is part of mm. the reason I really enjoy it because it is, is very gory, especially towards the end. But right. it is kind of making that same point of like the reality that we see just outside of the frame is vastly different than what mm-hmm. is actually happening. And that that can become insidious really quickly. And right. that when you are the star and you have millions of followers that it's really easy to convince yourself that you're great, you know, or that what mm-hmm. you're doing is there's no problem with what you're doing. Or that these people, or
2: that these people, you know, really love you and know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Gina, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to hear your take if you ever get around to it, but I will say, I think the best thing that Sissy does that I saw less of in influencer, and maybe it's because they were trying to showcase that Madison is, not having the best time living her influencer life. But uh, the main character in Sissy, obviously named Cecilia, she's the same kind of influencer where she does like a lot of lifestyle branding. Like it's all very, you know, like getting connected with the earth and feeling yourself, but also use the space mask. That is mm-hmm. definitely not a product placement.
0: Hashtag self-care.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but there are there are moments where she's feeling really down and she'll go online, and the movie does this fantastic visualization of the kind of endorphin rush that she gets when she reads comments by people saying she's amazing. And it it literally gives her a boost to get through her less-than-ideal real-life reality.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I—it's I, a—you it's a, know, on both sides, it's a give-and-take relationship. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, the the influencer needs the audience more than the audience needs the
1: influencer. Mm -hmm. Right. We've just convinced ourselves that we need them.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like, as I was watching this and as we have been talking about it, I keep thinking about the boys and partly because I'm just, like, going really deep into covering that. But there's this, like your weakness is your reputation or your strength Mm. is your reputation and you exist because other people see you exist in this way. And just that really kind of parasitic relationship. And I think that's an interesting comparison to what CW is doing.
1: Right. Yeah. I I found it interesting when Ryan starts to I guess, enter the narrative and take up more space as he begins living with CW. And mm-hmm. there's that one moment where he critiques how badly Madison is doing uh-huh. without his help. And it it's amusing, because we know, obviously, more than he does. But It's a bit of a testament that CW, with no interest in social media, with, you know, no real social media presence or online presence at all, has been able to even do remotely well, keeping up the facade that Madison is out there doing stuff. Ryan's like, ah, well, she's not doing super great. And it's like, yeah, but on the flip side, she's done well enough that nobody suspects and like the posts are still up.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. That was the moment I think that I was the most charmed by Ryan, other than that sweet scene we see when they meet each other. But I just, I get the sense, I think we're presented to him as a scumbag and like a, a, a boyfriend who's left her and doesn't really care. But I think we get to see that he does really care about her and he knows her. And I think like just the fact that he can tell the difference between these posts and he's like, nobody that knows Madison would ever believe that she would be hanging out with this stranger. Like, I just, I enjoyed seeing his kind of reflection back to CW of what Madison actually is like based Mm -hmm. on what she's claiming this relationship is.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause CW is trying to sell this lie. Like, Oh no, I live here. And then she has to change it and be like, I pay rent to live Ah.
0: here. (laughs) Right. Hey man, she's fast on her feet. Like she, she knows what she's doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there is one other notable scene that I wanted to focus on with the two of you. We can obviously talk about some other stuff as well. But what was your read of the not quite sexual assault, but kind mm. of sexual assault?
2: I'm not, you know, Honestly, I have to admit, I'm not entirely sure what her motivation in that was, other than to, you know, have something to hold over him.
1: Yeah, I took it as that, and also maybe trying to get him freaked out so that he would be like, oh man, I've lost control. Maybe I should just leave.
0: Yeah, because she's going to cancel me. And I think, like, because they don't actually have sex, I don't think, right? No,
1: no. But I, like, I thought she was going to take incriminating photos, and that's mm-hmm. why she climbs on top of him. But it almost seems like she just wanted to get into a position where if she flung the condom, that's how far it would logically go. And then she gets. <laughs> into bed with him and just pretends that they had had sex but it just the positioning like even for her to remove her top before doing all of that i was like this has weird rapey vibes to Mm -hmm. it
0: yeah you gotta love her dedication to verisimilitude too though you know like i cannot (laughs) toss a condom unless i am sure that it will fly the correct amount of (laughs)
2: she's thought of everything she really really
0: (laughs) is Oh. Yeah, she she's like the grown-up version of Alicia Silverstone in The Crush, I feel like. <laughs> Who did it
2: again? Yeah, you, you can picture her like watching that movie a lot.
0: Uh, yeah. She worked could, at The
1: Kings. She, she got it figured out. And <laughs> yeah. she was like, I can put an adult female into a suitcase this size.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's Crush 2.0. Um, what I think is really interesting about that, though, is I think it kind of, I haven't really thought about it until you asked, but I think it kind of dovetails with this appearance versus reality thing is that she knows that if Ryan gives her a bunch of problems, she's just going to cancel him, you know, and that she's got, I am a little bit surprised that she didn't take a picture. And now Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about it, I think I thought that's what she did. But um, then when she, she's like, I think this is going to bruise on my face and I'm going to be able to say that you're a predator. And I think she understands the system well enough to know maybe she knows she doesn't actually have to have a photo Mm -hmm. and that it might, be a stronger case if she doesn't have a photo but she knows that this threat is now hanging over him and he knows it as well and if she pulls that trigger then he is essentially done which is what happens
1: yeah yeah like i thought it was really interesting that by the time we get to know ryan and we realize he's actually not a scumbag or a Mm -hmm. bad dude i mean still a little predatory sure but
0: He's not perfect. You know?
1: we, we start to come around to him, and then that's when we see CW effectively cancel him online, and the effect is immediate. Like, oh, yeah. no one puts up a fuss. Everyone just says, oh, we're not going to be doing business with this guy anymore. Oh, he's awful. And it's like, cool, we can just yeah. get rid of this guy now.
0: Yeah, and I hate to be saying anything like, oh, this poor man, oh, we should give him the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Because, I mean, I feel like we are due for some course correction on that. But it does, I think, make an interesting statement about how quickly that happens and how nobody wants to be on the wrong side of that accusation. And nobody wants to fight for him. Even though, I noticed this on Second Watch, Jay, which is Madison's friend, he says... Ryan, you can do so much better than Madison, which is such a reversal from everything that we've seen him say to Madison, which it's just, it's interesting. It's like, what, what do any of these people actually believe?
2: Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. nobody, basically, nobody is entirely upfront about anything with anyone.
1: No, because then Jay ends up doing a public statement where mm-hmm. he says, oh, you know, I stand with Madison and I think that uh, Ryan is a creepo.
0: <laughs> I've always thought there was something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just like, okay, you, you know what? Anyone will say whatever they need to to yeah. make sure that they come out on top.
0: To yeah,
2: you survive, know, you, you, yeah. You check what, you, 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 you confirm what side your bread is buttered on and you get on that side.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I lied. I do have one other scene I wanted to talk about, and that is Jessica's near poolside murder. Did we get single white female vibes from this presumed windpipe high heel murder?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is very much, you know, I I feel it's definitely a, a, a Gen Z single white female.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will say, I was disappointed we didn't get to see more. I mean, I know we got the sound effect, but we definitely cut away. And I was a little disappointed. I kind of wanted the carnage candy. Yeah,
2: it's not uh, It's not uh super violent. I mean, you've got her, she kind of, she slams her into a
0: wall, which is, you know, fairly mm-hmm. intense. But after that, it's not super violent. Well, right. and I think you could say the same thing about... The sex scene as well. Like, I I feel like that's part of the strength of this movie is that it doesn't really have to go over the top Mm -hmm. to accomplish what it is trying to do. And I said off air, like I was expecting this to be a little more horror-y and maybe wanted a couple more kills. But I also kind of respect that it's not, you know, it's not super...
1: It's a bit restrained.
0: Isn't it, it? it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's more of a, it's more of a thriller than than than
1: mm-hmm. horror. I you're think gonna,
2: so. if you're going to be pedantic and, you know, <laughs> there's a, a huge a difference between on each it. one. Yeah, it's it's not like like I said there's no big scene where she's chasing after somebody and screaming at them and stuff like that. There's nothing like that. Right. Right. yeah
1: because i don't know if you two watched the other shutter original Superhost, which was about a crazed airbnb oh. owner but mm-hmm. that one was very much like the actress who was playing the kind of psychopath in that film was great at playing both sides but the movie effectively had her at an 11 for the entire last act mm-hmm. and it was so histrionic and over the top that i just I checked out completely. Oh no!
2: It's I always say it's it's much scarier when someone is very calm and precise about what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and and CW, you know, she's not going to get anybody to trust her if she comes on like you know a heavy breathing ogre. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she has to be friendly and laid back, and you know, yeah, come hang out with me. You know, it's great. Whatever. If you don't want to, that's fine. You know, like like not being pushy about it.
0: But yeah. there is a scene when she's talking to Jessica and she like ups the pitch of her voice and she's like, "Oh, oh yes. I just realized I followed you." And it is so because I'm your she's fan. Exactly. <laughs> and just kind of giggles and because she's been so even keeled and so controlled the whole time, like it really stands out. But I mm-hmm. even I don't even think that's more than a 6, you know?
1: Yeah, it it's such a great modulation in the performance by Cassandra Nod that mm-hmm. you're just like, "Oh, This is great. Like, I love that choice.
0: And that's how she gets in, because that's Mm -hmm. what Jessica is used to.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I actually found it surprising when Ryan catches on to CW and calls her creepy and weird, because I was just like, is she, though? Like, I feel like I would be completely disarmed. I would... Absolutely fall for CW shtick.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're all creepy and weird, you know. <laughs> what, are, what are they doing? They're traipsing around in these gigantic mansions. Money is not actually real to any of them. Like what what is any of this? So yeah, she would she would fit right in. <laughs>
1: All right, well, why don't we wrap up our discussion of Influencer there, Mm -hmm. but um, Gina, if people want to talk a little bit about vacationing solo in Thailand with you, how would they get in touch?
2: You can listen to the podcast I co-host, Kill by Kill. Uh, You can read me at The Spool or my substack, Gina watches things, and on Twitter under Gina does things.
1: Excellent. And Jen, if people want to ask you whether they should take the photo with the hat or not, <laughs> how would they get in touch?
0: Absolutely. The hat. Always. With the Always hat. the hat. <laughs> exactly. Um, could you imagine if she said, no, throw that hat in the ocean, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Jim Ferratu on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me hosting the Losers Club podcast and the girls on the boys podcast and just writing about lots of Feminism lady stuff. Um, and Ew,
1: feminism lady stuff? No.
0: <laughs> I know. How dare I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I can be reached at B on my remote, and that's the letter B. And we'll thank the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad, which of course hosts this show, as well as the Girls and the Boys and other mm. fantastic shows. Uh, ladies, we are <gasps> going to be going back to weekly coverage because... Mm-hmm. It is almost time for the final season of physical to begin.
0: I'm putting on my leg warmers as we speak.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm excited and trepidatious because we have had such a roller coaster ride with this show Mm -hmm. both seasons. And now I'm like, okay, they knew it was the end. Are they going to stick this landing?
0: Yep. Please do. I'm crossing all my fingers and all my toes.
1: Well, we will be back for the two-episode season three premiere, so uh, folks, stay tuned. But until then, use AI to duplicate somebody's voice.
0: <laughs> it always sounds normal. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Squad.